0: Why do we think we can add value to those organizations? And what do we think they are going to care about more than any other organization? And what can we do to present ourselves in a way that differentiates from all the other noise they're hearing in the market? And how do we kind of make that as relevant and
1: personal as possible?
2: We believe that to solve the biggest,
1: most complex marketing problems. You have to blur the lines between intuition and reason imagination and logic the theoretical and the practical join us as we reimagine problem solving with leading b2b marketers on b2b marketing solved we're your hosts richard and benedict benny
3: we've got a a really apt problem today on b2b marketing solved i'm very very excited rich but what problem do we have today So ABM is both poorly defined and ineffective for most B2B organisations. Agreed?
2: I do certainly agree. And in fact, I would actually go one step further. I personally feel that ABM is a little bit of the emperor's new clothes, but it's certainly something which is completely misunderstood. I think probably something that the majority of marketers are struggling with, if not failing, and can even have that unintended negative consequences on your sort of overall B2B marketing strategy.
3: Agreed. So today, we'll be understanding exactly what ABM is and how it can be used effectively. Joining us to help answer that question is Chris Willman. Chris has been in charge of Global Demand Gen for many exciting B2B tech firms over a number of years, but most recently at CrowdStrike and previously brands like Kaspersky and RSA Security. Before the podcast, I had a quick look at uh, Chris's LinkedIn recommendations, and I was particularly infused by this snippet. Chris is my go-to guy for all things marketing channel, product, and corporate. I would recommend anyone, given the opportunity to engage with Chris, to grasp it with both hands. Following that glowing reference, I'm pleased to welcome Chris Wilman to B2B Marketing Solved. Welcome, Chris. Good afternoon to you both.
0: And um, yeah, that recommendation cost me quite a lot, that one. I have to admit, I mean, clearly, if you like it, then it was worth the money I spent on making the guy write it. But uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: good to connect with you both. Great to be on the platform. Likewise. Well, we, we look forward to grasping with both hands this opportunity to speak to you. So. Sounds good.
3: <laughs> so obviously, that we've teed it up. I suppose a good way to start is by asking you to define what you think are ABM to be. Yep. I think there's
0: the the basic dictionary type definition of what ABM is, and then there's what ABM really is. And let's be honest, I think we probably care about what... What, what it really is, what it really means, the difference um, it can make in a business. And for me, ABM is almost in the, the current way we we market, particularly in the, in the B2B world, which is where I spend most of my life. And, and ABM really is almost the pinnacle of sales and marketing, kind of connecting, collaborating and communicating to customers and to prospects in a way that's hyper relevant to them at its most basic form, that that is what it is. And it's about being as personalized, as segmented, and as specific and timely in that outreach as possible from a marketing perspective. But it's also then about that, as I said, that kind of collaboration between sales and marketing really working in unison or in unity to really connect with a prospect or a customer in a way that you know matters to them and makes a difference to them and hopefully by working in that way it cuts through a lot of the noise in the market and it just means that your marketing is is really hyper specific and you know I think it's it's moving away from just saying we want to talk to a vertical market or to a segment of our prospects or our customers. And it's about really drilling that down as much as possible and mirroring that in, in marketing and tactics and everything that goes along with it.
2: And do you feel that there are a lot of misconceptions around ABM? Because it is something which is almost ubiquitous in terms of conversations across B2B marketing. And there do seem to be various different interpretations, but where do you feel the common misconceptions are? I think the biggest
0: misconception is marketers, and I would include myself at times over the years of that, in overstating how close to genuine ABM you Mm -hmm. actually are. Because I think what I've just sort of outlined, at least in my eyes, of what ABM is, and what more often than not is taking place in your typical organization which is probably much closer to just named account marketing is having a list of organizations and saying, these are the ones we, we care about. Ultimately, we're going to collaborate with our sales teams and our colleagues and our sales leaders on that and calling that ABM. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, because it, it misses the real nuances of what makes that personalized and segmented and targeted. It misses the, the kind of the real detailed measurements and components that make up genuine abm and i I think it probably just overstates the success don't get me wrong as marketers we love to say that we're talking about the shiniest newest thing again you mentioned the emperor's new clothes it is it's a little bit of that right and i think we want to get excited and say to our our sales colleagues because we're always trying to win their hearts and minds that here's what we're doing now here's what we're trying to deliver here's what we're trying to achieve and you know sometimes we get a little carried away right
2: we can allow ourselves to get carried away sometimes. And also like we we are trying to market a concept inside the business as well. And if ABM is that new brand, then that's that new brand. But I do agree. I think that there is that important nuance versus where we've traditionally come from. Now, I'm really interested to hear just about what those nuances are from your perspective. Is it that, you know, in terms of the traditional of named account marketing, it's you identify that prospect list, but effectively you're doing the same thing to all of those different accounts. And now ABM is all around, as you've sort of put it, going through that segmentation exercise, going through that targeting exercise, and then creating a series of sort of customized marketing approaches depending on the firmographic or demographic variables of those individuals. I think it's, it's pieces of both and it's probably mm. other pieces on top of that as well. I think at its
0: basic Probably the way I would look at it is if I were to work with a sales leader who cared about engaging within the finance sector. Mm-hmm. Ultimately what we would have done maybe in the past is built up a list of names in in that finance world and said what we're going to do is run an ABM campaign into those organizations. That again probably goes back to that misconception of what ABM is. I think Where ABM really starts to create a difference is taking some of the things you just said and going, you know what, actually, we're not just marketing to a segment. We're not just marketing to a vertical. We are going to drill down several layers beyond that and go, actually, you know what, right now we're going to market to multiple stakeholders within Barclays, HSBC, whoever it may be at an organizational level we're going to market at a persona level which is the individuals and we're going to talk to them about things that they care about because again it's that it's that relevance as well as the the kind of the level of sophistication and targeting that makes abm actually abm i think mm. and it's it's then about measuring and trying to build those components and connect them together because i think real abm or really effective abm isn't just also talking to those individuals At a one-to-one level. It's about looking at it from a from the kind of the
2: the macro picture and the and the micro picture as well. Uh, It's very, very interesting. The whole idea almost of being forensic in the way that you're thinking about your your accounts. And when you're talking about sort of targeting those individuals, are we talking about targeting them in a sort of a persona capacity? So we're identifying common traits. Or are we actually talking about getting down to understanding them as individuals and being targeted to that sort of individual level? I think the
0: nirvana, the holy grail idea yeah.
2: is is the latter of that, right? But how realistic is that?
0: It depends organisation to organisation. I think you know, when I speak to colleagues in, in other organisations out there, there are not many that are able to do the latter because it takes a huge amount of intelligence gathering it takes the right tools the right platforms and it takes the right forms of marketing into those organizations to get those nuances and and almost put flavor on the persona which you know i think persona driven marketing is is absolutely a valid form of abm I think to really excel in it, yeah, the more you can actually build up a picture of the individual as a unique individual, and not just a generic persona. You know, it's every organization within their their kind of brand determination has got a series of key personas that they would market to. But actually, really successful, really powerful ABM does what you've just said. And it goes that level beyond. But to really achieve that, I, I don't think there's a ton of organisations that, that are able to do that, or even inclined to do that, because it's it's very resource intensive. It's pretty expensive
3: as well. And that's an interesting point, right? Because obviously, when you speak to the marketing community, I think that your point around overstating was was quite an apt one. You know, you normally hear from the marketing community that they're probably they feel that they're further along the line than they they may well be when it comes to ABM. But what would you say to the marketers that say? It's too hard, you know. It take it's going to take too much time, and it's going to be too intensive to come up with a an ABM strategy. Is there a light version? Uh, how have you been able to gear your organisations up? Because presumably you don't start at hundred straight away.
0: But that's it. I think it's again, it's about being realistic on the volumes of organisations you can target. You know, ABM. If you know, if you're in a the average organisation out there, even an organisation that's doing a billion, two billion, you're that sort of that sort of size. You know the resource drain of trying to effectively personalize and, and create really customized ABM to 100 organizations, 200 organizations is, is hugely resource intensive. So scale it back, be realistic and say, actually, you know what, our ABM programs are to our, our top 10 accounts, our top 20 accounts, whatever is relevant to your business. I think that's where it has to start. And maybe you can, when you define almost that, that kind of matrix for how that works and the the kind of the operating rhythm of how your marketing would connect to that level, then maybe you can grow beyond that. But start small. It doesn't matter who you are, how big you are, how big your organization is, how big your budgets are. You need to to look at optimizing at that really small level, and and then and you're probably never going to scale it up beyond a certain number of organizations unless you're I don't know a Microsoft, an IBM. You've got big time budgets. And and maybe that becomes a little more realistic, but more often than not, keep it relatively small, relatively targeted.
3: But I mean, that's, that's the case with everything, right? It, you know, everything you do as a marketeer, you're not going to go in straight away. And, and that's quite an interesting one. When we talk about A/B testing and we look at, you know, building content uh, plans, you're, you're never going to start at hundred miles an hour. You're going to figure out what resonates with the audience. You're going to prove the value. And when you spoke about the, the relationships internally between sales and marketing, obviously, another crucial part of this is presumably you need to start small to prove the value of it to get stakeholders bought in internally, right?
0: Yeah, totally agree. I think it can be easy to, to want to engage it at a, at a larger level. I think at the same time, it's about that. One of the great things about ABM, right, is... By marketing into specific organizations and getting to understand them, what you also understand as part of that is the organizations that are probably less relevant than you thought they were. So by going through, you almost start to siphon out the organizations of less value. And you can can connect that back to your sales teams internally to say, actually, you know what? These 20 organizations that maybe we defined by starting to understand them and gather intelligence around them and touch points around them, as well as understanding the ones that are clearly you know, showing that the big buying signals that we want to really market into, you start to understand the guys that actually, you know what, maybe this isn't the right organization to have as part of that mixture. And then you become much more collaborative because you become a strategic kind of partner more effectively to the sales teams and the sales leadership as well.
2: I think that is key. I think it is almost an economic equation in terms of you, if you try and do it all, you're going to get diminishing returns. And the way that I've always thought about sort of ABM is it's it's three tiers that you have. It's, uh, as you say, the optimal, optimal level is it's one to one. Type marketing, and that's when you can be really sophisticated and understand that individual. Then you have a tier up, which is one to few, which is really sort of an extension of sort of that segmentation approach. And then you'll have that one to many. But it's understanding, as you say, is that there is an opportunity to categorize people across those three tiers. And by doing that, that's you're going to get the best return on your overall sort of investment.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, those definitions, those three different tiers, three different levels have become a little more understood um, mm. and a little more commonplace. And I think even in working collaboratively with the sales side of an organization, they start to understand the different nuances between those. But again, I think it's about what are we trying to achieve and setting the goals and the expectations and making sure they really clearly align. Because if you try and take the same approach to each of those three kind of methodologies and mm. you're not clear on the expectations and the agreement of what you're trying to get out of it, you can end up really confused or kind of (laughs) missing the mark or almost disappointing, or I think almost sales can at times be a little skeptical of marketing. They think that potentially they're not sure on where we add value unless we clearly communicate and work in, in genuine strategic kind of levels. And I think, again, if you overlay that to things like ABM, Unless we are hyper clear on on what we're trying to achieve within each of those groupings, then y- you can often missell that premise of uh, you know, what are we trying to come out of this with and who owns what? Because you know, the cliche kind of sales and marketing handshake is, is all good and well and, and making sure that's there. But there's there's ownerships on both sides. And I think it's around clarity of those objectives and those ownerships that that make each one sort of perform more effectively.
2: And I think this is a a nice area that I'd like to sort of move into, which is almost how do we, if you are a company who are dabbling, shall we say, in ABM, but you're certainly not reaching those sort of optimal levels we spoke about, what what are those key steps that you need to put in place? You've mentioned a, a couple of things you mentioned around sort of tools, data and platforms, but also you've just touched on a really important issue there, which is that communication between sales and marketing. And the way that I would sort of see the critical steps that is about setting the strategy so that's around sort of the the targeting and i'd be really interested to hear your sort of perspective on what do those conversations what do those activities look like with sales but also there's another aspect which you mentioned earlier which is around the the measurement which i think is absolutely vital in terms of proving its value so my sort of a question to you i suppose is for a sort of marketing organization looking to sort of get that kick started, what does it need to look like from a setting, a strategy and targeting perspective in conjunction with sales? And also, all importantly, how do you go about sort of the right sort of measurement? So I think it has to start with
0: sales and marketing working from the outset, not marketing saying, right, we're going to build an ABM approach to our marketing, or we're going to start to create some initiatives around ABM through this quarter. It starts with both working with as much data, as much intelligence, and as much kind of sophistication as you can from the outset, and it's about taking all the sources of data you have initially, whether that's your your CRM, your marketing infrastructure, your marketing automation platforms, your third-party kind of investments and things like that. And it's about actually taking what probably starts with a named account list and then drilling it down to the point that you can collectively agree on who are the suspects, who, who are the folks that we really think as part of this we can see actually makes some sense to go after and it's, it's really agreeing collaboratively between both sides of the table. And, it, you know, I, I'm not trying to say that sales and marketing are two different teams and you know, we're, we're not playing on the same team. It, it can be the case. But I think ultimately we're, we need to be really collaborating and working in, in kind of sync on who are those organizations, why do we think we want to go after them, and what do we want to achieve as part of that marketing? And you know, I know that probably sounds a, a little generic, right? Because that's almost how you approach every marketing exercise. But I think it's more data intensive than any other form of marketing because you have to understand those little subtle nuances and, and insights that you can get to build, again, that, that kind of more detailed persona of the individuals as you go through. And then it's at what point... Does the ownership kind of transmit from from marketing to sales and maybe back again, you know, and there has to be that kind of freedom of information sharing as well as kind of determining the, not just the
3: objectives of, of the campaigns, but who owns what, when, where and how. Yeah. It's an interesting point because, you know, without those proper conversations, the strategic conversations at the start, you might end up with a list of accounts or a list of individuals within those accounts that aren't completely spot on. How many times do we sit with our sales leaders? In fact, we've got this example with a client right now the differences in opinion between who the marketing department feel like they need to be targeting and then who the sales department now feel like they're getting more traction with is quite interesting. And obviously, you know, the archetypal buyer is changing obviously, after the last couple of years that we've had, and obviously, the number of stakeholders that are involved in decisions. So I think that it's critical, obviously, to get your your team around a table and have some frank conversations, like you say, about who is and who isn't part of this, this target audience and this target persona.
0: I totally agree. And I know I've had conversations over the years where you know I've sat down with uh, with sales teams or sales leaders, and we've talked around ABM. And I think more often than not, you still come to the table with your own kind of predetermined ideas of who you think would be more effective. In the same way that the people on the you know sat next to you or the opposite side of the table come with their own ideas, you have to be on the same page. If you're not, then you just end up kind of missing the mark. You end up frustrating people. You end up losing the trust, and the thing that actually makes that that marketing funnel and the process and the flow of all that that's what makes it really effective. Is the trust and the ownership, between, you know, across those different stages?
2: But most of our audience are are going to be marketers. There will be some some salespeople, but if you were to give, you know, a set of maybe three questions or just some really really good advice for. A marketing person going into that meeting and you say there might be sort of different ideas and to go back to what we were talking about earlier, you can't actually do that sort of one-to-one marketing for all of your accounts. There does need to be that sort of consideration about who it's most appropriate with. What would be the questions that you would suggest marketers ask of their sales colleagues to actually really sort of like funnel down to identifying those most suitable accounts? I think, you know, aside from the obvious one, which which is which accounts do you care
0: about? Because more often than not, that's where it starts. You know, that's that's the crux of the conversation. I think it's why do we think we can add value to those organizations? And what do we think that they are going to care about more than any other organization? And what can we do to present ourselves in a way that differentiates from all the other noise they're hearing in the market? And how do we kind of make that as relevant and, and personal as possible? Because I think it's it's easy to say that again, we go back to my example of finance, for example. If we took, I don't know, they said they drew up a list of the top 20 accounts in finance, you would ultimately be left with some pretty big organizations. But unless you understand how we position, as the marketing kind of entity to those businesses, How we, or as the sales entity, how do we position and why do they care? What are we going to do that's going to add value? Because if you're not clear on that message and that, that kind of almost that value prop from the outset, you end up just kind of running a pretty generic, bland campaign that, that probably ends up missing the mark.
2: And well I think you to be honest, you've said you said it twice during that and you've I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think this is the the best sort of check that people should have is is does it add value? You know, ultimately, if you're going to that sort of very targeted account-based marketing, you've got to have that really nuanced understanding of what it is they need, where their sort of deficiencies and gaps are, and how you can help plug those particular gaps. And I think if that's a criteria that you set, are we adding value, then that really should guide all of that decision-making, both in terms of who we target, but also what does the sort of marketing content or marketing material or approaches look like as well? Does it add value? So I think that's absolutely spot on.
0: Yeah, I think I remember something someone said to me six, seven years ago, which really changed a lot of the things I was doing within my job, which was not just think from the customer's perspective, which as a marketer, we can often kind of forget to flip it around and kind mm. of look at it from the other side of the fence, but what's in it for them? Like not only value the time the organization you're marketing to, value them as individuals And and not just metrics, which let's be honest, we can often get a little bit bogged down in thinking kind of metric centric and not as though these are actually individuals, but what's in it for them? If we are going to market, we're going to deliver a really personalized, targeted, specific, relevant, all those good fluffy buzzwords. If that's the the kind of approach we're going to do at the end of the day, though, what is in it for the person that you're marketing to? What's in it for that organization? And think about it from there kind of side of the fence rather than than just your own, yeah, but we've got something really good on the back of the truck that we know can really change their life. No, it's why are they going to care? And how do we make sure that we, we connect at their level? Because, yeah.
2: Uh, i absolutely uh, in violent agreement with you there. But not to get too sort of bogged down in metrics, but what does optimal measurement look like when it comes to ABM? Where should people be focusing on? Should it be actually just about sort of those end sort of conversion points and conversations? Or there are there perhaps some more sort of like nuanced metrics and ways of measurement that people should take into account? So
0: that is almost the million dollar question, I think, in many ways, because it, it comes down to what do you want to achieve with those organizations? And it's understanding the kind of the, the the little subtle nuances that make them up. As a, are they customers? Are they prospects? Right, and and that's probably going to define different journeys. But at the same time, are you just trying to open the door? Are you trying to create a level of trust? Are you trying to reposition yourself as a as a trusted player in the market, or are you trying to go a little bit further down? I think more often than not, it can be quite easy to try and. Expect marketing to get you too far down the road. Or sometimes it's the other way around. It's you know, we want to take that right at the start. If you're talking to a you know a hungry salesperson that's that wants to succeed, more often than not, they want to jump on things as quickly as they can. And I think it's about measuring at what point those ownerships kind of transmit. And that's really about how do you then start to measure the the, the bits either side, but also when it's, you know, when you've, you've passed over a lead or, or a marketing qualified leader, whatever it might be to the, the sales side of the business, you still need to keep those measurements, the, you know, the influence on deal creation, the influence on conversion and the touch points that will help influence along the way beyond that point, because they've got enormous value, but it's, Again, it goes back to that objective setting piece. It goes back to determining what you want to achieve, who are the organizations, why do they care, and the metrics you define off the back of that kind of almost build themselves because it's, it's an agreement between you of ultimately, here's the outcome and how do we get there?
3: Um so that point alone is quite important for the audience listening to this in that you have to be laser focused that it's not about a plethora of loads of different metrics. And you could be you know, very focused with the, your sales counterparts. And that's what you want to achieve. One thing I heard the other day, which I thought was quite interesting, was rather than thinking about ABM just applying to your marketing department, once you've come up with exactly what you want to achieve, It's ABE, so it's an account-based everything, which spans from marketing, sales, customer success, product, et cetera. And um, not only is it an alignment between marketing and sales, depending on what the business needs to achieve, i.e. if it's customers or something, customer success are going to be vitally important in that as well. And that obviously comes from the time in which you align and say, this is what we want to achieve as a business.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think you make a really, really valid point. I love the term ABE. It, it's not one I've heard before, but I think it makes absolute sense because that's actually what differentiates. And it's not just a case of marketing creates lead, lead passes to sales, sales goes and knocks it out of the park. Everyone's happy. We move on. It's so much more than that. It it, it is kind of three sixty circle of continuing kind of engagement, relationship building. And yeah, no, I think ABU AB is a
3: very nice way of looking at it. But start at the end and then work your way back. Basically. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so just to be contrarian, now I think that we've we've discussed the the merits here of account based marketing or account based everything, depending on which way we want to look at it. And and clearly, I think that when it's done well, the results speak for itself. I'm interested to know your opinion. Do you feel that there is a risk because it is so vogue at the moment around sort of everything needs to be super targeted, everything needs to be account based, that that is going to be the, at the expense of some of those sort of bigger brand building activities? And just that one extra bit of context to that is last year we put a, did a survey to find out what were the biggest problems facing B2B marketers and investment in long-term brand building came out number 1. Now is that just coincidence from your perspective or actually are the two linked in terms of how marketers are thinking about b2b marketing at the moment?
0: It's really interesting actually that. But I think it comes back to the size of the audience. You know, it comes back to where does abm fit in your overall marketing strategy? ABM is not the marketing strategy is one piece mm. of your marketing strategy. And therefore, it's how does that fit to, to that part of your market? How does that fit to the part of the audience you're trying to talk to? But it should never be at the expense of everything else because yeah, you end up leaving a ton of food on the table on one hand. You end up potentially misinforming the rest of the market by kind of maybe under-delivering in your messaging or, or losing a little bit of the clarity and what you're trying to talk to the rest of the market about. And as I, said, I think it's it's a, a kind of mechanic, it's not the only way of doing it, it's just one piece of, you know, it's one club in your bag
2: Yeah, it's a nice metaphor isn't it, uh, the, the golfing one there
0: <laughs> Which club? For <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me it would always be the seven iron because I can't get uh, yeah. anything, uh, yeah,
2: it's reliable <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it probably is the putter, isn't it, Rich? It is your short game. If you're going to extend that metaphor, you've got your big sort of drive there, which is your mass yeah. awareness that gets you up close enough. And then as you get onto the green, it's all about your short game, and that's what ABM. So I don't even play golf, and I managed to sort of stretch that. I <laughs> <metaphor> barely play <laughs> golf, but
0: you know what? I think uh, we can probably all connect with that. I think that's, a, that's yeah. a great way of putting
3: it. I want to know what the sandwich is, because uh, that's uh, – That's going to be a sorry bit of the strategy, I think.
2: (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Else, when you, Benny? To be honest, I think that those were really the areas that I wanted to talk around. I mean, we could, you know, venture deeper into sort of what are those different tools and platforms that people should be investing in. So we can do that, but obviously, it does uh, have a slight risk of going down a little bit of a a rabbit hole. Um, But that was the only other sort of aspect. Apart from that, I think we've got some really nice stuff, which I, I found very interesting.
3: I mean, for me, a degree of tangibility that I think that we should add for the audience. So, Chris, do you have any examples of great ABM campaigns or work that you've seen in your career? So to be honest, I think it's been the most effective
0: outcome I've seen of ABM isn't necessarily, you know, something that you could demonstrate as, you know, here's a highly creative, highly personalized mechanic. You know, here was a great I don't know, a direct mail program that converted into web traffic, that converted into something else, that born in social that, yeah, I think it would be easy to kind of start to go down that rabbit hole. I think the best bits of ABM that I've seen in my history has just been actually that sales marketing collaboration that really targeted really specific, kind of piece that, you know what, that stuff is is pretty fundamental. It's pretty basic, but that's where I've seen ABM really working more effectively. It's it's the building the trust between the two sides. It's being really clear on who does what, who owns what, what are we talking to the customer about, or what are we talking to the prospect about? How do we add value? How do we think about it from their perspective? How do we build insights? How do we go beyond that metric level of marketing that we often get kind of stuck in? And it almost sounds that. Like, you know, that's the, the kind of, it's the less sexy stuff, but that's what for me has made ABM really successful at times. Don't get me wrong. There are, there are plenty of organizations out there that you can you can probably see that have they've got really powerful ABM programs. And sometimes they're a little flashier and shinier, and it's great to see them and understand them and get examples of them. But it's the nuts and bolts and the mechanics that ultimately prove whether they're successful or not.
3: Yes, uh, that's a, a good comment. And then I suppose the final question for me was, we obviously have spoken about ABM being part of a wider marketing strategy. When it comes to your planning, how do you give yourself the bandwidth and and the umbrella view to come up with your overarching marketing strategy and plan?
0: Yeah, I think there's there's never enough bandwidth, right? But ultimately, it's it's around prioritization and it's around again as effectively as possible being in step with the sales side of a business from the outset as part of that planning process because that's how you start to understand your marketplace that's how you start to understand you know the kind of the different organizations and characters and contacts and make those up and that's how you start to figure out actually what's most relevant to each piece of that that kind of landscape you know that's how you can start to go right you know what. ABM makes a ton of sense to these four or five organizations. And that's how we, we really need to think about them as we need to understand them and love them and care for them and communicate to them effectively. But again, that's not relevant to the rest of your marketing potentially or the rest of the organizations you're trying to connect with. And the more you, you think about that sort of mindset from the outset, from the initial get going planning, not marketing presents the marketing plan to sales after it's been built. That never works. It happens, let's be honest, in organizations all the time. And it's almost sales sits there sometimes and waits for marketing and go, right, tell me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for me? What are you going to bring to the table? You need to go back a step. You need to start with, with planning and working connected from the outset. And the more that works, the, the more it's easy to then start to prioritize and set kind of strategies that make more sense. And maybe M is
2: one, maybe it's not. But again, unless you do it, From the beginning, you kind of figure out where to fit it in. I think that's great. I think it's it's interesting how all um, sort of marketing conversations actually all roads lead back to really, really good joined up objective setting in terms of what the business needs to, to achieve. And that's absolutely exactly the same case in terms of the conversation here. You know, you've got to have that really sort of cohesive, clear objectives that you're trying to achieve as a business. And then to actually sort of go through in quite a clinical way of, you know, segmenting all of your audience that you want to reach, working out where the priorities are, and then identifying those which are most suitable for ABM and those which actually fall into another part of your sort of overall marketing approach. But when we are thinking about ABM, absolutely holding ourselves to account to does it add value to the people we're trying to reach? And if it doesn't add value, then we either shouldn't be doing it or we should be doing it very, very differently. But for me, that is absolutely the threshold that marketers need to apply when looking at ABM.
3: Yeah, completely agree. One part of the thing I've taken from this conversation is it can always be evolving. As a marketer, you don't need to ever think that you've got to the finish line with ABM. And I think that's quite important. You know, it's always aspirational. And just because you're starting at one base doesn't mean that you can evolve that. But ultimately, there's always going to be people to target in, in different places over a period of time once you've proven the success.
0: No, I agree. I think... One of the really powerful things about great ABM is the the amount of insights and intelligence and kind of behavioral info you can get from those organizations because you're going so deep into your marketing and so personal and relevant to those organizations that actually you start to, to learn their behaviors, good, bad, indifferent. And again, kind of comes back to what we were saying before. Sometimes what you figure out through your, your account-based marketing programs is actually those organizations just aren't relevant right now. And you need to be prepared to switch them out, bring in other ones. And again, goes back to that sales marketing collaboration, and it's determining other businesses maybe that are more relevant or other personas that are
2: more relevant. Great. It's a virtuous circle. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, Chris. No problem at all. Appreciate it both. Have a good one. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.
1: B2B Marketing Solved is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more about us, head to allen-agency.com and make sure to search for Marketing Solved in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. Don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss any future gold nuggets from the biggest names in B2B marketing. On behalf of the team here at Allen,